in right now. We pray for everybody that's here, God, that you would give them what you have brought them here for. We pray that they walk out of this place with everything that you have for them today, God. You know exactly what every heart in this room needs and every heart that comes in here needs. And we believe that you will deliver exactly what every heart in this place needs today. They will go out of here changed. We will not leave this place the way we came in. We will go out and we will tell others exactly what your kingdom's all about. We're going to build your kingdom, God. Give us that boldness and that strength and that courage this morning to go out and deliver your kingdom to the masses in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Holy Spirit. Fire, wind, and wine. Thank you, Jesus. It's for us. It's for all of us. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You're a good, good Father. You are a good, good Father. You love us more than we know. Yes.
maybe not intentionally, but when we do, he calls us back. And there is a big difference between condemnation and conviction. He doesn't condemn us. Our Father, our Father, when we make him Lord of our lives, when we call on him, he doesn't condemn us. But he convicts us, which is a good thing. And I always pray, God, don't stop convicting me. It is love. When he convicts our hearts, it is out of love, but not condemnation. When we're ready to come back to him, he's there. And he welcomes us, like the song says, so to speak, with a ring and a robe. He, he, he gathers us in his arms. That's how much he loves us. Whether we feel it or not, that's how much he loves us. We belong to him. He says we belong to him. Thank you. Thank you, Father.
came down and I remember being on a big playground with her. And I remember that every time she was on the playground, I never took my eyes off her. I was doing other things, but always out of the, 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 the side, my peripheral vision, my eyes were on her. You know, and, and here's the thing. I was around her. I was with her. I, was, I felt like I was always playing with her. But the times I wasn't, my eyes were always on her. And there's times she fell that I wasn't there to catch her. But, man, I was there to pick her up. You understand? And that's what he's showing me this morning is that he's always around us. He's always with us. He's holding our hands sometimes. And sometimes he's just walking with us. Sometimes he's playing with us. Sometimes he's jumping with us and singing with us and dancing with us. And sometimes when you fall, it's not because he took his eyes off you. It's because you took your eyes off him. Right? But then he was right there to grab you, snatch you up and get you back on your feet and dust off the dirt. Maybe put a band-aid on a scratch and say everything's going to be okay. So that's the heart posture this morning. That's where you need to be this morning is to understand how much he loves you that he never, ever, ever takes his eyes off you. Man, he loves you so much. You are his. You are his and he loves you that way. And we can't forget that. No matter how far and distant you feel, we can't forget that. So come on, let's continue to worship him in this. Come on.
understand the trust that we were just singing. You, you, you want to trust him. You say your faithfulness and, and how much we trust him. And I love kids because we're supposed to have a childlike faith. Right? A childlike faith. So in this song, we're crying out to him almost like I don't have any faith. Like, where are you? I need you. And come back like you were before. And our childlike faith, the trust is built in us. You know, my granddaughter is a year and a half old. She trusts me. Why? Because she was born with trust. He created her to trust. So what happens in our life is we go through life and things just start knocking away at that wall. And all of a sudden, we don't trust anymore. So when you come into an environment where you're trying to get reconnected to the Lord and you're saying, hey, I want, you're like, I can't trust him because of what's happened in life. He created you to trust. I didn't have to come to my granddaughter and say, please trust me. Please trust me. She's running around a playground that is 10 times the size of her, right? And every time she turns around, she just expects me to be there because she trusts. It's childlike faith. I'm telling you, this is huge to understand this. You have to have a faith that just trusts that he has your best interest and his best interest aligned. You got to trust that he's going to be there, that he's going to answer that. In other words, I think I shared this last week or maybe the week before. But we don't match the storms of life with the way we cry out to them. There's a peace, there's a trust in me that says, you know what, there is a storm, Lord, and I trust that you're going to get me through it. And I don't need to get all spun up and all, uh, you know, crazy about something. I don't have to get out there and start getting angry and frustrated at stuff. I have to have a peace based on Thanksgiving in my heart. And trust in him that he is walking right beside us. I got to have complete faith in him. Complete trust in him. It's a childlike faith. Man. And I tell you what, I can ask him to fill me up all I want. But it's like going to a gas station. I can sit there right next to the gas pump and say, why is my truck not full? Man. Why is my truck not full? I'm sitting next to the gas station. It's because I wasn't willing to open the door, open my heart, open an opportunity for him to fill me up. You understand? So we can cry out all we want for him to fill us up. But if I don't take the gas cap off, it ain't going anywhere. So I don't know what kind of cover he's put on your heart, what kind of cover he's put on your mind. Sometimes we just got to remove some stuff to get some stuff, right? Or you're just going to sit in front of a gas pump for a long time on empty. All right? And I'm not saying this isn't I got to earn something. He wants to freely give it to you. But man, you got to take that block off. You got to take that cover off. You just unscrew the cap a little bit and let him get to you. He loves you that much. I'm trying to make this as simple as I can to understand. Man, we, we, we just got to trust him. We just got to trust him in everything we do.
yes, yes, yes. Come on, can we trust him this morning? Can we trust him this morning? Can we surrender to him this morning and have all the faith to just let him have it? Let him take control of it. Come on, give everything to him. Let him have it this morning. Come on. surrender to you this morning. Renew a faith and a trust in us, Father. Mm. Just renew it right now, Father. Touch every heart in this room. Mm. We just surrender to you. Have your way today, Lord. Have your way in everything we do. Just touch it, Father. All of you, none of us. (laughs) In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, y'all. Let's get... Come on, can we lift them up this morning? I think he's better than what we're telling him he is. I think he deserves more than what we're actually giving him this morning. Come on. Come on. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, if you're new here, this is the moment we take a little bit of break. I I want you to go out, you know, do it. Say hello to some people. Love on some people if you want to pray for some people. Uh, And we'll be right back in about 10 minutes. So we'll see you in a second.
Good morning. We are getting so much better at this. You guys look at the clock and everybody's seated, kind of. I love this. That'll be all for today. We can go home now. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. All right. I'm, boy, if, if I preach right now with the same energy I just got, y'all going to sleep. I'm just letting y'all know. I, I, I can reciprocate the same way. I'd be like, okay, guys, open your Bible. Come on, how's everybody doing this morning? I'm fired up. That's better. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. I love it. Uh, thank you. Thank you for coming out. Uh, welcome to the gathering place. We love you guys. Uh, if you don't know me yet, I am DJ. This is my beautiful, beautiful bride, Jules, and I love her so much. And, uh, and we just love you guys. And it's so amazing to see y'all here. I love it. Uh, we got, uh, if you are new, do me a favor, fill out a Connect card. Let us know you came out. Uh, we have, you can fill out one online. You can fill out one that, uh, you can scan that little thing right there and uh, fill one out online. So we get that. If not, if you like the handwrite things, we've got handwritten ones we can get you. Uh, let us know you came. And, and I don't know, you probably, if you go to church, if you're searching for churches and you go looking for stuff, they all want the same stuff. I'm just letting you know. Give it to us. We won't pray for you. We want to ask you if you have any questions. That's it. And if you say no, and we're not going to call you back and harass you. This is it. We want, we want to call, talk with you, um, see if you got any questions, and, and, and just do that with you. So please, and pray with you. So please fill that out. Take the time to fill that out so we can, we can at least speak with you. Uh, if you want more information about our church and everything, you can download the app. You can scan that little thing right there and download the app. Or you can go to our website. We've got everything out there. It has all kinds of information about who we are, what we do, uh, and all that. So we, just please take some time and explore and find out a little bit about the gathering place. Um, I want to share a bunch of uh, information with you real quick to go through all the uh, announcements and get that out of the way. We have our normal kingdom classes. And uh, so these are 9 o'clock classes here at the church over in the annex. Uh, this morning it was uh, children, a blessing from the Lord with Brandon and Sarah Purdue. I thank you guys for teaching and being over there this morning. Um, I kind of like Brandon's title after he told me. If I get it right, they're a blessing from the Lord. Now act like it. 
Come on, I like that right there. We should have put that one up there. All right, and uh, next week, April 23rd, we have basic dream interpretation, uh, Kevin and Crystal. So you might go, well, this doesn't sound like Sunday school. It's not. Okay, these are things that we get to, uh, you know, we, we, get, we get to kind of like dig into stuff that I don't always have time to cover on a Sunday morning, but it's interesting stuff. It's good stuff. You can grow from it. Uh, it, it is, uh, it's just really good stuff. So show up at nine o'clock for that. If you need childcare, you can let us know. We'll have childcare available for you. So uh, we'll try to remove any bit of the excuses about not being here for this, but there's uh, always a lot of great classes there. And Father Knows Your Plan, that's the following week with Ron Trahan. They spelled your name wrong. Wow, you're an elder in this church. Jewel said it was her. She did it on purpose. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Come on. But that's good. So, guys, please take advantage of that. It's really good stuff. We'd love for you to join us in those. We have our, uh, I'm just really announcing this one. We have our Man on Fire conference coming up in a couple weeks. Um, we did, they, we stopped as a church. I tried to give you guys a deadline yesterday for that. Um, I can keep it open through today uh, if that's something you still want to do. Three-day conference, wonderful time. We, uh, we're planning something big out there, a beautiful facility. It's going to be great. Opportunity to get away, just hang out with some guys. And, uh, and we're going to spend some time together and, and grow. Uh, growing what God wants us to do. So there's a conference right there. You can get that information if you need it. Uh, we have flyers out there and we, we got stuff for it. So uh, I want to talk about worship night coming up on April 21st. Come on. Look. You know, we usually, look, can I call you out on some stuff? You guys know I'm going to anyway, because I love you. Um, you know, we get real excited about worship night, but I, but, but, and for some of us, it, it, it packs out. And, and sometimes we just like, people are like, oh, it's worship night, great. But then you don't show up because you got other things going on. I understand. What I'm, I'm asking you to do is, is really think about this. Like what we're trying to cultivate here is a, 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 a lifestyle of worship. Uh, we're trying to cultivate worship in the house. It's hard to do that if we don't come together and worship together. Um, so come on out. It's going to be good. We, we do try to involve multiple different churches when we can and try to do that together. Um, they don't know, but <laughs> so if Cassandra's back there, that's great. Uh, I, I don't have a slide for this, so I guess I'll just tell you all right now. On the 29th, uh, which is a, a, a Saturday of this month, we're actually going to help, help be part of and host a worship in the park uh, down in Millbrook, um, right on the green. So there are several churches doing that. And when I got back a hold of them, I'm meeting with them on Monday to figure out, I think we're going to help provide the food because they don't know how to, like, I guess their biggest issue was, man, we got to feed some people. And I said, man, we kind of got a system for that already. Uh, but we can be there and pray for people and worship with people. And uh, it could be really fun and exciting. So I will try to have a slide for that, but it's on the Saturday, the 29th. So I'll be coming back from the men's conference that gets out at noon and rolling into worship at the park from four to six. Um, so that's when it's scheduled, four to six. And uh, we'd love to get you all down there and just come. And, and the cool part is, this is what I love about it. It's different churches. So it, you don't know what style of worship you're going to get or anything. We just get to worship because it's not about that. You know, worship's not about, you know, I'm going to get into this because that's what I'm teaching on today. So I'm not even going to get into it. You probably know what I'm talking about at the end of this. So we have that opportunity. So please put it on your calendar. Um, Today is Heart for the House. Come on, this is our Heart for the House Sunday. 
So you'll see uh, that's our updated stuff. This, uh, if you're new here and you're like, what's hard for the house? We try to, to once a year try to come up with some needs in the church, but they're not needs based like roof is falling in, we're leaking everywhere. Like these are things that could could upgrade the house and, and really pour in some of the stuff, children's lighting and paint and stuff. We want to update our children's room and stuff, uh, stage lighting and, and sanctuary TV, stuff like that. Like these are not like, if we don't get them, like church is happening, y'all. Like this is not like, I don't, we don't have a building to worship in. This is if we want to take care of what God's doing. Um, the flooring price has gone up tremendously and I'm searching for more and more. So that's a guesstimate right now. That's actually a lot lower than the first estimate that came in. So we might just be doing a huge men's gathering. We're going we're gonna to rip up some carpet and lay some carpet together. Uh, we're going to do it together. But if you know somebody that does flooring and stuff, let me know. Because I'm looking for, for estimates to come in. Um, and if it means we have to do, I had a plan to do the whole church at once. If that means we have to do the foyer and then we have to do the sanctuary. or We can divide it up like that. Uh, it's not a hurry on this. Um, this is, we want to upgrade what we have. You know, we bought the building. We don't own it outright yet, but we have an opportunity. This flooring's old and, and we've got somebody else's logo and all kinds of stuff. So uh, it's just time to move forward with some of those things. So pray about that. We're going to receive that offering at the end of service. So I want you to just pray about that. We're going to do a special offering at the end of service. We're going to probably give at the same time we give for our normal offering. We'll be at the end of service. And if you want to, you know, if it's heart for the house, you can designate it and I'll make sure it gets into that. This is not me twisting your arm either. This is you freely giving. I, I, don't feel obligated if God has put it on your heart when you see these needs to say, you know what, I want to give to that. I really want that to be better. I want to help with that. Please give. Um, and then it'll be, if we don't get enough to get it all done, it gets put aside and saved up until we have it and then we'll move forward. But it's an opportunity to, to, to give. So that'll be at the end of service and I'm excited about that. Um, so heart for the house. We've been praying about this. Hopefully you've been praying about this. We've been talking about it for months and it was just an opportunity for you to pray and say, Lord, do you want me to give to something like this? Do you, do you want me to help as we try to steward this house and do what God wants us to do? So let me pray and then we're going to get into something special. So Father, we love you, Lord, and I thank you and we surrender to you right now. Father, have your way. Father, let everything I speak about be all of you and none of me. Father, we just give this all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I want to do something special this morning. Um, and if you, you probably know these people, could we put a picture up real quick? This is Brother Rick and Vanessa Collins. Brother Rick is a, used to be a lead pastor. Um, they come here a lot. He's, he's got a heart of, if, he's got a heart of gold, y'all. He's got a servant's heart. He does a lot for the family. He's, he's been gone for about three weeks or four weeks now, I think, if I'm right, because we were gone for a while. Um, Miss Vanessa has, uh, was diagnosed with something called uh, Huntington's disease. Um, and, and right now she's in stages of that where she has to be in full-time care, right? Um, so I'm sharing stuff. He probably hasn't given me a right to share, but I love him. And we, as a family, we need to pray for them. As a family, we need to keep them on our hearts. Because um, he doesn't know I'm doing this. So I love you, Rick, because I don't know if you were here, you'd probably stop me right now. So here's the thing. She has to be in full-time care. Um, he had to take so far four weeks off from work to take care of her. And I don't believe family lets people go through things without helping them. 
right? I mean, this, he's been a teacher. He has preached on Sundays. He operates back in the sound booth. He gives everything while taking care of her. And Miss Vanessa, she'll be up here worshiping. If you don't know, like we've had amazing things happen in her life. She came in here several years ago with a walker and then she came up in a worship and we prayed over and she's up here dancing around without a walker and she hasn't used a walker since then, right? So God has done some amazing things in her life, but here's what I know. They're going through some stuff right now and we are a family and we come together when there's a need in the family, we come together as a family and we try to bless them and help people through the need. So I know today is heart for the house and I know we're going to receive an offering at the end of that for heart for the house. But what I want to do this morning, and I, and I don't care if, if the heart for the house is them, then the heart for the house is them. You understand? Know my heart in this. I'm not trying to double dip on people and say you have to give to everybody. What I'm saying is that's a huge part of this house and their family does. So I want to receive a special offering this morning just for them. Everything you give will go to them at this point to help offset the cost. If you don't know, it's very, very, very expensive to put somebody in care. And uh, I, I love him and I don't, like, I don't want that burden to be on him. I want him to spend time with his wife. I want him to be able to, to freely do that. So I don't have a price on that. I know a price on that, but I'm not going to mention what it costs, but I just want to bless them this morning. Uh, and I would do this for anybody, but especially for Rick and Vanessa right now, what they're going through, we want to bless them. So I want to pray. Uh, we're going to have some offering buckets up here. I want to play some music during this. If you want to give to this, then, then we're going to receive this. This way the ushers can take it and get everything together. Um, but yeah, we just love them. I don't know how else to say that. So we're going to bless them this morning. So just want to collect this offering for them and hopefully remove that financial burden of what they're going through as a family. And he would not approve of this. So I'm glad he's not here so we can do this. So, Father, we love you, and I thank you. I thank you for the hearts in this room. Yes. Father, I thank you for family. I thank you that we are just not a church that gathers on a Sunday, but we like to do life together, and we feel responsible right now to take care of each other. So, Father, it, whatever we have, Father, we, we ask, you know, the Bible says people used to sell everything they own to help people out. Yeah. So, Father, whatever we can do to help ease a burden on a, on a family member, on a brother, on a pastor, Father, we just, we just ask that you do that right now. Speak to us, touch our hearts. Father, we just pray right now that, Lord, that this can be a blessing to them, Lord, that, that it'll just ease that burden. Father, comfort them right now. Father, we still declare healing over her body. Give her peace and comfort, Lord. We still believe you're a healer. We still believe that you are Jehovah Rapha. You are a healer, Lord. We believe you can do this right now still. But, Father, in this time frame, during this, during this loading season right now, Father, will you simply love on Rick and Vanessa? Just wrap your arms around them and let them know how much you love them right now, Father. And we just want to give a tangible taste of how much you love them, Father, by blessing them this morning. So, Father, we surrender this to you. Have your way in everything we do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So come on, y'all. Let's just uh, turn on some music real quick and let's take a moment and just, if you want to give to them, come on up and we can bless them. Mm. Yeah. If you want to give online, if you're like, well, I don't have cash, I want to give online, you can go online. Same way you give anything, right in, uh, you can put in there. There'll be a spot where you can type in and you can say for Rick and Vanessa or Brother Rick or Pastor Rick or whoever you want, uh, you can give to them. So, I worship you. You are here. 
If you want to write a check, you can write a check to them or to the church and we'll make sure that it gets directly to them.
Come on, we worship Him. Come on. Mm. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Mm, thank you, Lord. Isn't it awesome? He loves us that much. He can take us out of something and then take us right back into it really quick. He lives in us. He loves us. He just wants us to access that whenever we need to, man. And he is always there. Ah, it's so good. It's so good. Thank you all. Uh, all right, Lord. This is all yours. Mm, y'all hang on. I'm going to try to wrap this around. <laughs> man, so good. See, sometimes you don't want to leave that. See, we, you have an option to live in that. You understand? Like there's a peace inside of you where you can just walk around all the time living in that. He'll tell you what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And you don't have to worry about nothing. You just walk in perfect peace. You don't have to get mad at people. You don't have to get frustrated at people. You can, it's true. It's real. Like you can do that. Like you just got to access him. You just got to spend time with him. You just got to allow him to come in. Mm. That's good. That's good. I think that's what we're going to talk about today, worship. I think what a great topic. <laughs> I kind of worked out really well for what I wanted to talk about. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with our screen. We are in a series called Loading. So everybody that's like, dude, you better fix your computer. No, it's Loading. This is a, a series we've been in for a couple weeks now. And um, man, God is working some great things through this. I got to tell you. He really is, and hopefully you've been digging in deep to what he's trying to do in you and through you. Um, like I said, he gave me this vision. Uh, we were on sabbatical for 30 days. We went away and just rested, and this is what I got. So this is what you get. Loading. Uh, and, and real quick, I'm going to run through the call. You guys, everybody here has probably had loading somewhere on your phone, your computer, your iPad. Something's updating. Something like that is loading. So... Um, Jump through just to remind you that's usually caused by your hard drive being full. We, we, we talk about that, like too many things going on, you know, in your life. So you got too much on your plate, right? Your hard drive is full. Too many things that you keep in your mind. We talked about this last week, I think, where you're like, man, but I had all this stuff and I'm storing it because one day, and he says, no, like get rid of that. That's old news. That's old stuff. Quit carrying the stuff around that burdens you and weighs you down. Get rid of it. Your hard drive's full. So I can start speaking to you in a new way, in a new voice with something fresh. So that's your hard drive's full. The other one that could cause it is a virus. And we're going to probably talk about that next week, um, which is something that, that comes in directly to affect the way you, um, that your computer operates. But, but for us, it directly affects, you know, uh, how God's speaking to you, how you're listening to him, how you're hearing him, how you're operating and obeying him and walking in that overheating where there's way too much on your plate and you're trying to do way too much. You're trying to prove yourself. So therefore, in a computer world, if your computer's overheating, it's because everything's running at once and it's trying to figure out what's going on. And it overheats because that. that'll happen to you in your spiritual life. You're trying to prove yourself when you ain't got to prove yourself. You're trying to do too much when you don't have to do too much. Loss of connection. That was the fourth one, which is your internet speed or connection's low in the computer world. But man, your connection with Abba's Something's wrong there. And if you've got a loss of connection, it's hard to hear him. It's hard to walk with him. It's hard to, to talk with him. Uh, so we've got to fix that connection, and we'll talk about that later on. Uh, and then the fifth one, the one I'm going to talk about today, is background programs. 
background programs. If you don't know this on a computer, when you fire it up, there's all these programs that are running in the background that were, you didn't even put them there. Like other people put them there. Other people put them on your computer in case you wanted them. But every time you fire it up, that thing starts opening all these other things. That's why it slows it down and it's loading, it's loading, it's loading. It's loading. It's this background programs that we're going to look at. And it's important that we identify the programs so you can remove them or deactivate them so you get a good load on your computer. So it speeds up the process, right? So, so, so this is where he was, this, this is how he talks to me. So you just got to go with it. But, but they drain the processing speed. They drain how fast you get connected. So I think spiritually what happens is there's things that were put in you, things that, that you probably heard somewhere, things that were um, embedded in you a long time ago that slow that speed down of you hearing the Lord, that stop you. And it's a background pro. You don't even know it. But it's something deep down inside of you that's going on. Right? So, so when you walk into new environments, when you walk into uh, spirit-filled environments, some, some of us go, well, I ain't never seen that before. Uh, and that's only because it's inside of you. Somebody put it a long time ago that said, you're not supposed to do that. So you come in into an environment that's rich in the spirit. Holy Ghost is moving. Things are happening. And you sit back there and start looking at everybody going, this is weird. And the whole time he's trying to pour into you, but you haven't opened your heart. Amen. It's a background program. It's spinning. It's, it's slowing down how fast you can hear him. It's, it's slowing the speed down because of these background things going on inside your mind. Could have been things as a kid that, 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 that was put in there as a kid. Maybe it's your... Hmm. Could be something you loaded. I've loaded all kinds of games on my stuff. All right? I got hunting games and fishing games and more hunting games. I don't ever delete them because I never know if I ever want to get past that stage. But I download them and they slow down the speed of my stuff. Well, maybe you downloaded something in your mind about worship. And it was just a good conversation. Like this wasn't where we were going throughout the week, but it's where we're going now. <laughs> What, so I guess I could ask that as a question. What were you taught about worship? Like we all come from, like that's what I love about this family is that we're kind of from all over the place. We, we all, we're, we're so diverse in our upbringings and church and all this stuff. And now we come together as a family, which makes it very hard to come together and go, well, what were you taught before about worship that you don't understand right now? And that's why you're not worshiping. Because you're like, well, I was taught that ain't right. Or I was taught that that's weird. Or, and I've been in some weird. I love weird. Like, call me weird all day. But I love weird. That's a good term. That's a term. I really think that's like a term of endearment. But I've been in some, some situations. Kevin took me to some situations where I was like, this is weird. And I had my daughter with me. And she's like, Dad, what do we do right now? I said, just worship. Stuff I've never seen before. And we just worshiped through it. And the Holy Ghost came and did everything he wanted to do in us. I didn't stop and say no. I just said worship through it. We're going to worship. We're going to worship. We're going to worship. And now you, you're thinking different things about worship. But I'm going to define it in a second. What were you taught about worship? What were you taught about what worship actually is? Some of you think worship is when I walk into church, they're going to be up on stage singing. And that's worship. Worship is not an event. It's a lifestyle. 
need to understand that. This is not worship. This is people worshiping, which is an amazing vehicle to use to get to a level of worship where everything just shifts inside of you to, to help engage and, and welcome in the presence in the house. This helps. It's a vehicle used to do that, but this is not worship. Worship is internal. Worship is private. Worship is in you. Um, so what is it to you? I probably hit on some right there. <laughs> right? So, so I get, man, I'm, forget this. So this, this played in me too. I mean, I, I can tell you this. I, I didn't grow up in church. So the first church we went to, as a family that I remember that, that really impacted my life, we, we walked in and I went with my family, which was possibly my last time going to church with my family and also the first time. Because if it wasn't Holy Ghost, we weren't staying together. Pretty simplistic. Like last chance. Like we tried everything we could to fix this. Let's go to church. And we went to church. And, everybody, and I saw people like this or like this. And I'm like, what in the world? Well, how people raise their hands? But it didn't take long that same day to just have something hit me. Hit me. And the next thing I know, my hands are up. And all of a sudden, I don't care about anybody in the room. I had never done that before. And I didn't want to get out of it. The only other time I went to church was really, you know, I'm not going to name denominations, but it was a little different than that. And one was when I was a little kid, and the one we, we did for a couple months. So not a whole lot of church upbringing in this. But man, yeah, I tell you what, you walk in the right situation, and I was like, so this is this. So I thought, man, so this is worship. And I thought, well, this, so for the longest time, nobody explained it to me, so I really thought that was it. But then I, I continued to worship. I tried to worship every single day after that. And I realized I didn't need a bunch of people and smoke and lights and music and something to worship God because I realized when I was sitting alone by myself, he was just doing something inside of me. Man, I, and it was based on thanksgiving. But here, here's what we got to understand when it comes to, to worship. Worship so intimate. You can't worship something you don't love. Right? You can't worship something you don't love. And with God... You don't love him unless you first know that he loves you. I think we talked about that last week in one of the 30 scriptures I threw up there. He says, you love me because I first loved you. And when you understand how much he loves you, out of that love, out of that identity, all of a sudden you become a son or daughter and you're like, oh my gosh, I, this is real. Like I'm a son or daughter. Of a king. Out of that love, out of that identity, comes thanksgiving. Comes this feeling of, oh my gosh, like you love me that much. And that's different for some people because that's not always taught in church. It's not what we brought up with. It's he loves you that much. And out of that love, you love him back. Right? So when you love him back, now you worship him. So you got the, the, the fact that he loves you, so therefore you love him. So now you're not the same person you used to be because now you know you're loved. 
And because of that identity, now all of a sudden there's a transformation inside of you. There's a movement inside of you. There's a thanksgiving inside of you that brings peace and love. And the Spirit's in you, so guess what he's doing? He says the same Spirit that's in you raised Christ Jesus from the dead. So there's a powerful Spirit inside of us that he gives us. So when we say we're worshiping, what we're really doing is loving him. And you're supposed to do that all day, every day. Man, I'm going to try to, I'm trying to say this the best I can to, because I didn't understand this. It was never taught to me. And then once you live in it and you experience it, you're like, how do I teach this to people? Like, how do I explain the power that's in that? How can I convey the importance of being filled up? And what I mean by that is just in his presence. He's in you. So in other words, he's not going to get any more in you. He's in you. Right? So, So he is in you. But sometimes we fail to recognize the gift that's in us. So we allow the worldly things to take over and we start worrying and we're fearful of this and we're fearful of that and we're angry at that and we're angry at this. And the whole time he's inside of you saying, but my spirit's in you and my spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. All that stuff comes out of you because I'm in you. But we choose not to do that. We don't focus on that because we're not worshiping every day. Right? Mm. So sometimes you come in to a, a... a church and you see this and, and you see corporate worship, which is what this is. And you wonder like, what's going on? Why, why is somebody waving a flag? Why is someone blowing a ram's horn? Why is the pastor yelling at the top of his lungs? Why are people dancing around with their hands in the air? And these are really good questions because if you've never been taught any of it, you're operating out of what I call ignorance. So what you're doing is saying, I just never heard that before. So it's weird to me. So I don't want to engage because I don't know. And then what we do is instead of go out and actually research it and study it or ask questions, we just form our own opinion. And then when things like that happen, you shut down. And I'm not saying that every... Look, okay, I guess I should back all this up and say... When we're in corporate worship, you worship the way you would worship in private worship. Uh, so what, what I mean by that is to put you at ease. I'm not here to tell you that you're worshiping wrong. I just want you to worship. If that means you're sitting there and you're bent over and the tears are falling out of your eyes and you don't raise your hands, but you're just weeping and God is just moving in your heart, that's worship. If you want to jump up and down, jump up and down. If you want to wave a flag, wave a flag. If you want to blow a shofar, blow a shofar. It's worship. But what's wrong with that in a setting like this is nothing. But what's wrong with it to you is that it's happening in a corporate setting. And and that's weird. And I can't do that if so-and-so is next to me. Well, that's what this area is for. I tell you, we were talking about this last night. I was like, I want people to come up front that really want to worship. If you want to jump up and down, I come up here because I need space because sometimes my hands swing and I don't want to hit somebody. Like, uh, that's out of respect for you because I'm like, I don't know where he's going to take me. I really don't. So if I come up here, so, so these people aren't any more holier than you. It, it, it's, they're just worshiping a different way and you're sitting there worshiping and that's okay because the point is we come collectively in the corporate worship. So 
that the Spirit of God that's in me finds the Spirit of God that's in Sarah, that finds the Spirit of God that's in Brandon, that connects with Aaron. And as we come in this together, they start uniting and something powerful starts to happen. A presence comes into the room that starts changing things. And then the people that don't even know that, they're touched. And all of a sudden, you're standing there with your family with your hands in the air, weeping, and you don't know why. So what happened to me. Like other people are doing it and I just walked into it and it changed my life forever because I didn't walk out and go, oh, I can't do that. Like that, that guy was playing a guitar. Those lights were too bright. Well, man, she can't even carry a tune. So if you're focused on that in the middle of what we call corporate worship, <laughs> you're not worshiping. You're observing somebody worship. You need to understand that. Nothing anybody does in here should ever affect the way you worship. Ever. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad we agree on that. Because it will never stop me from worshiping the king. Worshiping my father. And there's nothing wrong with just sitting there. So you, get, like, you just got to understand that. I want you to break away from this, this box that everybody wants to put everybody in. But can you imagine what happens if you just come in and go, I want the same worship that I was doing at home. So I'm not lying. Three o'clock this morning, I'm worshiping at home. And it wasn't that loud because I didn't want to wake my baby up. Because we were in a camper this morning. So I had my ear plugged. It was loud in my head. But I wasn't jumping up and down this morning in the camper because they're really not that stable. <laughs> she would have been like, Where, what's going on? Right? So it was a little more quiet for me in worship. But man, I came in here with an expectation that my spirit's going to meet your spirit. And it's going to get powerful. And I don't care what's going on. And I don't care if all the power went down and we couldn't play anything. None of this matters. This is a vehicle to help us get to a point if you're not walking in the way you should be walking in. And I'm not trying to put you down if you're not doing that. I understand life. I understand how you cultivate a lifestyle of worship. It happens over time. It happens by dedication. It happens by understanding the power that's in that. But can I tell you this? Once you taste and see how good it is, you will want to live in that every single day. And you, will, and you will definitely figure out when you haven't done it in a while. It's kind of like uh, me going in the sun. You know when I go in the sun because I'm bright red. All right? Like, I get burnt. So if I'm in the sun all the time, I'm bright red all the time. Come wintertime, come look at me. I'm like transparent. So the longer I'm out of the sun, the less red I get. The less transformation is going on in my body. The, the, the less of him is cultivating in my life. So when I walk away from the sun, you don't stay the same. You get cold? I love it, Sarah. You want to preach this? <laughs> I love it. But yeah, this is a talkback church. Help me preach. 
But I'm telling you, understand this. Like, you, you can tell when I walk away from the sun. You'll, you'll be able to tell if I walk away from the sun because then everything else that's inside of me starts building back up. You would see me getting frustrated at stuff and probably yelling at the guy that's driving in front of me. You're going to see me acting up when I don't want to act up. I'm probably going to share my opinions more. It's not going to be pleasant to be around me like it is now because I'm just a joy all the time. That's my wife. She doesn't lie. So when I'm in him, you see it in me. So I can see it when you're not in him. Because the fruit is not just dangling off the branch. So you need to recognize that. And that's the good part. It's, this is not saying, you, and all you got to do is go back to that love. Go back to that moment. Go back to doing what you did before. Go back to where it was when you found it the first time. Just go back. Like, there's nothing stopping you from going back to where it was when you were just joyful. But you're like, now you don't know. I understand. You have a choice to make. You get to choose to be joyful every day. My wife says this all the time. Like, like nobody can make you mad. You make, you, you decide to be mad. Right? She says a lot of stuff I can't keep quoting because I forget them all. I got a book of what she says that guides me through my life. Okay? So, so you have choices to make in life. The choices you make affect what goes on. All right. So worship. So it looks different for all people. So the uh, 100th Psalm. Let's go to Psalms. Psalm. I don't even know. It says, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. <laughs> we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So we got to acknowledge that first. He owns us and he loves us. And if we're his sheep, he protects us and takes care of us and feeds us and gives us what we need. Probably not always what we want, but what we need. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. All right, let's go back to that. I want to go back to verse 4 where it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Hmm. How do you open the gate? Thanksgiving. Be thankful for what he's done in your life. When I start not feeling good, I just turn around and say, Lord, what am I thankful for? And he's really quick to show me the stuff that he's done in my life. And I'm just like, thank you, Lord. And all of a sudden, it's like those gates start coming open and I start feeling his love again. And I start feeling everything I was searching for. Through thanksgiving. 
through thanksgiving. We got to be thankful for what we have. And go into his courts with praise. Praise him. That's why I jump up and down, y'all. <laughs> I praise him. And I do that at home too. You can ask my wife. So we do that. But why do we do that? For the Lord is good. And his unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. We do that. Because he's awesome. And he loves us. And we love him. So we're going to continue to do that. So what I want to do is give you some definitions. I just wanted to share that because I think that's powerful and it'll probably tie into everything we talk about. So I want to define worship. And I have tons of definitions. I'm going to try to define it in the best way I can define it and how other people define it. And maybe if I throw a dart that way, it'll hit you and you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. And I might have already covered it because I went on a rant. I told you I was going to leave this thing alone. But now I want to read it verbatim. So worship, so just receive this real quick. Worship is the opening up of yourself and exposure to the light of the goodness of God that brings necessary transformation. Let that one sink in for a second. Worship is the opening up of yourself and exposure to the light of the goodness of God. That light now exposes you that brings necessary transformation. Because you can't help but transform in his presence. You can't help but change when he gets his hands around you. You just have to change. You, you, you ever hug somebody so deep, you know, like when I'm hugging Chuck? This is real family right here. Chuck come off the stage, he's sweating. He just comes up, gives you a hug. He's anointing the side of my face. And I'm struggling at first, but Chuck loves me, so Chuck's wrapped on, and I'm just like, whatever. Just... Just turn me into a, a sweaty chuck. <laughs> but you know what, though? That's what happens. Like, the Lord's going to grab a hold of you and love on you. And if you just let him do it, man, he will transform you into something that is so awesome because he just wants to get his mitts on you. He loves you that much. He doesn't want you living in what you're living in. And here's the thing. You can live that out anywhere. You can experience that anywhere. You don't have to you know, wait for a Sunday morning. This shouldn't be your fill-up station. This shouldn't be your check off the box. I went to church. This shouldn't be the, well, if I don't go to church this Sunday, I'm going to lose it because that's the only time I get, I, I get true worship. True worship's in your heart. True worship is in you. You have to learn to cultivate worship in your life to where this isn't a place you have to be. It's a place you want to be because when you come in here, everybody's doing the same thing. And the ones that come in that they're like, I don't know what this is. They're getting instantly transformed by the power and the love of him through us. That's cool. Man, that's cool. And then pretty soon they're doing the same thing. They're like, man, this is good. I want this every day. Then they start doing it every day. And then they come in with everybody else and it gets powerful and more powerful, and more powerful. And that's how we change the world. We're supposed to change the city. That's going to happen when we understand who we are, when we have a life of worship, when we actually worship the way we're supposed to worship in us, not up here, in us. And when we start transforming like that, we're going to walk down into places and they're going to see it and they're going to feel it. And they're going to be like, something's different. Yes. Yeah, because the light that's in me needs to come out of me and it needs to go into you. Amen. Right? So and Jesus is like, I'm the light of the world, but the same light that's in me is in you. 
So therefore, the light's supposed to come out of you because you live a worship life. You, you have a culture of worship built in you. So you're not an angry elf running around. Oh, man. And when you do that, you experience a love where everything is worship and communion with him and just love with him. Oh, man. And then you, you tend to cry a little bit, not a whole bunch. I don't cry when I'm not up here. I'm just letting you all know. I'm really a, a strong dude. <laughs> mm. So we're called to be worshipers. Man. There you go. Come on. I'll take the weeping willow. I guess my mom injected that into me when she hit me with it so many times. <laughs> One of them things. You're like, oh, that is a weeping willow. All right. I, I'm really just trying to decide what God really wants me to talk about right now. I want to share this. I, in the Bible, when you start reading about water... It symbolizes spirit, right? So as you read through the Bible and you read about water, it symbolizes spirit. You got to keep that in mind as we go through this. So when we drink of him, his spirit fills us up and we're no longer thirsty. Y'all probably heard that somewhere. I'm getting ready to fix and to read it. And then I'll get some, some, some statistics for you. So... I'm going to go into John uh, 4. John 4, 1. I'm going to probably read 1 through 24. You know this story. This is not a, a story you have not heard. This is, this is the woman at the well. But I'm giving you scripture so you can go back and find this. John 4, 1 through 24 says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he, was that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. So he left. Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to a Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at that time. At the time, because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. So the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Imagine that. He reached out to somebody that probably didn't like him, that he's not supposed to like. And through that, a conversation is happening. Hmm. Imagine what we could do in this world. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? I'll stop there real quick. She's at the well searching for something that she thought she was going to get from someone else because they were good and they were awesome. And, and that was what she heard that was downloaded inside of her. Go to the well. Now, granted, she might be drawing water, but she also might be trying to draw something else. 
She just didn't know where to get what she was looking for. She knew what she wanted, and she thought the only thing I could do is go there. Jacob was a good guy. They were pretty, they were pretty good people. Let me go to them. Let me seek out a place to get what I'm looking for. Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I will give the I, water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. So he says, man, huh. how many times are you going to drink from the wrong source and expect a different result? When he says, drink from me, my spirit, <laughs> Water, spirit, my spirit will be inside of you. And because my spirit's inside of you, it's going to bubble up and overflow. And my spirit's going to come out of you. And guess what? You won't desire anything else ever again. Because he is so fulfilling. It is so perfect. It is so right in your heart. You won't desire anything again. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, a woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you've, you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship? While we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount uh, Gerizim. Is that right? You just were over there, weren't you? Come on, brother. Where our ancestors worshipped. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritan knows very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Who's heard that before? Yeah, worship in spirit and in truth. Never going to be thirsty again when he fills you up. But he says you're going to worship in spirit and in truth. He didn't say you're going to worship from a stage so everybody can watch you. Not that, they, look, and I'm not saying this is not, there's nothing wrong with worship. If our heart's right and we're worshiping for the right reason, which is for him, all of him, and you don't care what people say or what people think, and you're not up there just to, so someone can say you were on stage, if your heart is right, then it's right. It's pretty sim simplistic rule right there. Where's your heart? And if your heart's right, it's right. He said, you'll never. Hmm. So in spirit and in truth, I'm going to get into that in a second. But when I was reading this and I was reading about the spirit coming inside of you because you're drinking of it because water represents the spirit. I immediately went to one of my favorite movies. That's some high quality H2O. Yeah. 
<laughs> I guarantee some of you that know what I'm talking about, quit watching that movie. No, just <laughs> that's real high quality H2O right there. That's it. That's the water boy. That is it. But hi, here's the thing. Here's the thing in life, in your bodies. Hydration is key. Right? Come on, James. You're, you're, you work out all the time. Hydration is key, right? Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Got a headache? You're probably dehydrated. Having problems? Probably dehydrated. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, you're probably dehydrated. He should be speaking to you right now in this. What's going on with your life? You're probably dehydrated. You might want to drink from the right fountain, the right, the right well, the right one. Mm. Think about this. The entire human body is 66% water. Bones are 22%. Muscles are 76%. So James is like technically like 99% water. <laughs> Blood is 83%. Lungs are 90%. The brain is 95% water. And what's the Bible say we should do? Change the way we think. How are you going to change the way you think? You're going to get hydrated. <laughs> you got to drink. <laughs> you got to drink from the right one. And if you do that, you'll change the way you think. It's funny how he made us up of water or of spirit. Come on. We could spend all day right there. Muscles, 76%, James. Just letting you know. You all water, man. <laughs> See this? No water. <laughs> yeah, I'll get into coffee later. So how much you drink affects how much you think. <laughs> think about that. How much you drink affects how much you think and what you think. Got a problem with identity? You better drink a little bit more. 95% of your brain. Identity is in the mind, is in the heart. If you believe and you drink from the right thing, you are filled up. Come on. So, I thought those numbers were good. Thank you, Amber. I had a study partner last night. So it says true worship must be in spirit and in truth. So in spirit, engaging with all your heart, right? Engaging in the spirit. It's got to be, there's got to be a spirit level to this, right? The spirit's jumping. I, I don't know about you guys. I can tell when my spirit's jumping. I can tell you right now that I could have probably sat in that song after we took up an offering for Brother Rick for a really long time. But this is corporate worship, and I figured you all are probably staring at me. No, because I don't really care what you think. That was a trick. <laughs> I figured someone else would just come up and start preaching. I could have probably just sat there. But I'm serious. Man, it gets jumping. It gets mm. in spirit, engaging with whole heart, a real passion for God. Mm. And it must be in truth, which means are you properly informed? Do you know what the word is? Do you know what the truth is? So you got you to worship in spirit and in truth. 
Where's the truth come from? Who is the truth? What is the truth? It's all in the word. <laughs> it's all in the word, right? So you got to understand the truth of who he is and, and what he says he is. And then you got to let your spirit jump. And all of a sudden we're going to worship in spirit and in truth. Now, truth can come from the word. I, I can get truth from experiences, right? I'm sorry, but that I've experienced some stuff that, that I know is absolutely true, right? And you probably experienced stuff that you know is absolutely true. There's stuff that I've experienced spiritually that, that you haven't. And there's stuff you've experienced spiritually that I haven't. So that's truth to you because you actually experienced it. You understand? Ah, Lord. I... There's stuff the Holy Spirit is going to do inside of you, through you, in you. You might not find it in this book. Just being real. He sent us the Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us. It's not going to counterdict this. It's not going to come against this. What I'm saying, though, is he's, he's got stuff that if you said, what was that? Well, I know there's a guide back here somewhere. That's not in here. And he's like, you don't understand. I just showed you that. I just gave you that. But there's also nothing in there that comes against that. Like, this is truth. Ah. So the more we know about God, the more we appreciate him, the more we appreciate everything he does, uh, the more we worship him, the more we there's adoration in that. There's, there's love in that. I mean, that's worship. Okay, that, that's all worship. Mm, I'm going to skip over that. Here's another definition. True worship comes only from spirits made alive and sensitive by the quickening of the spirit of God. God's spirit ignites and energizes our spirit. It's pretty good. So with the Spirit, we're all called to be what? Carriers of the Spirit. It's that simple. We carry it everywhere we go. You're not allowed to leave it home. It's not like your keys. You can't walk out of the house or your cell phone. Uh, you can leave that at home. But you're not allowed to leave the Spirit at home. You are called to carry that every single day. You're, you're, a, you're a change agent in the world for transformation. In other words, Jesus is not going to go out and walk the street right now. You are. And he's going to operate through you. And he can do that because people will look at you and go, hey, man, I'll talk to that guy. Well, good. Because if Jesus walked up to him, they'd probably not know what to do. But they'll talk to you. And now all of a sudden what's in you needs to come out of you and radiate out of you until they're worshiping. That's what it is. It's all about worship. <laughs> all right, let's see. I got tons of notes and I really don't know where I want to go. Here's another thing though. All worship is also warfare because it invites the Holy Spirit into our places. Right? And where the Holy Spirit is, he can't be. Where there's light, there's no darkness. So as you worship him, light comes in everywhere you're at. Spiritual warfare. I can make that very simplistic. That's very simplistic. You want to deal with a lot of less stuff spiritually? Be filled up with him. There's no room for anything else. 
just how it works. All right, so let's talk about individual worship, which is kind of what we're doing in actual corporate worship so that I can wrap this up. Because this is one thing that I think you see a lot in churches, uh, and this is probably what's added one of these running in the background things, even in corporate worship. In Matthew 15, 7 through 9, this is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their wor worship is farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Whew. How many times have you seen that where you see somebody that can come in and worship with their lips, walk out of here, drop everything they had in here and walk out and go do whatever they want? Right. And I'm not just talking about doing something. I'm talking about what's coming out of you. Hmm. How you treating people around you? How you loving on people the way we're supposed to? We are called to love people. So you don't leave that here and go somewhere else. Because here I'm watching y'all. Y'all engaged, man. Y'all in love. This is, this is a love song when we're in here. We're just worshiping. And then, so where we got to work on it is not in here really. It's really when we go out there. This is not just supposed to be a group of people that come in so we can do this once in a while and say, man, look at our church. We're supposed to so infect this world that this year, this only happens once in a while. Bible says we're supposed to gather corporately. But man, this, this should just be a, a side effect what's happening all the time and everywhere we go. I'm telling you, if we're actually doing what we're called to do, if we're worshiping ourselves and we're taking that everywhere we go, this wouldn't really, I mean, Think about this. I wouldn't have to bring somebody in the church to get them going in the right direction. I just need to hang out with them. I just need to spend time with them. All right. I'm just going to jump down. Corporate worship. I want to touch on a couple of these when it comes to corporate worship. Why do we do this then if we don't need to? Right? So we, we, we are gathering with people who have a heart for the same thing. And like I said, that, that's like having a little fire and a little fire and a little fire. Pretty soon you got a big fire. Good things happen there. So in the Bible says, where two or three gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. Right? You know, Hebrews 10 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Think about this. We come together to encourage each other. We come together so we can do things like we just did this morning. And as a family, be touched by the Holy Ghost and bless somebody in need. Man, you said something this weekend, Brother Jim. I just, it, it, it wore me out when, when you said that. And I said, why don't we do that more often? Could you imagine, look. <laughs> all right. Could you imagine coming into a place like this? We call this family. And me going, okay, before we leave, guys, anybody got a need? And Jimmy over here says, hey, man, uh, I need tires. And someone over here says, man, I got some tires for you. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Hey, man, uh, you know, I, I, need, I need some books for school. This for, hey, I, got, I got those books. Here you go. Hey, I need someone to cut a tree down. Hey, man, I, I cut down trees. Could you imagine how this would operate if we were one, if we trusted each other enough and trusted the Lord with everything we actually need, and we actually trusted the people in this room to come forward and say, these are just true needs in my life. 
And then everybody else's job is to do what? Lay down things and get rid of things and help each other out and bless each other. And pretty soon, man, we, man, this is what this is all about. This is how he operates. It, 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 this is not just a... I love when he just shuts my lips real quick. Oh, I thank you, Lord. So corporate worship, I want to get back to this. Just I want to give you some education on some quick things before we leave. So, so shofar. Has anybody ever been, ever had questions about why we blow a ram's horn? All right. Good, because Mike back there loves to blow that thing. I love it. I love the shofar. It, you know, and they used it a lot. Religious ceremonies, all kinds of stuff. You think about... Uh, Jericho, walking around Jericho, they're blowing these horns. It's ushering in the spirit. There, there's a point. They look weird. Right? Some people walk in and see a shofar and say, that looks weird. Well, what do you think they were saying in Jericho? Look at all these guys walking in circles around us blowing these horns. But that's where all the power came from. So you had the horns blowing and then you had a shout. So, man, I'm sorry. I'm a shouter. I, I, sometimes I, I forget where I'm at, and I just start shouting to the Lord. The Bible says when they're walking around Jericho, he said, when they blow the horn in a long, uh, the longest blow, then what you're going to do is turn around. Everybody's going to yell at once, and all the walls came down. So is there power in a shout? Absolutely. Now, I could imagine you'd be scared if you don't know that. But well. <laughs> it's a shout. There's power in a shout. Raising of the hands. Mm. Psalm 116. Oh, Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant. Born into your household, you have freed me from my chains. I will offer you sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. Toda. Adoration. Raising of the hands. Extension of the hands. So we lift our hands in adoration. Doesn't mean that you look, it doesn't mean you have to. I'm just saying, this is why we do it. I want to give you an understanding of what we do and why we do it. So you don't feel weird going, well, I, how do I ask somebody that? That's kind of weird to ask somebody that. Just let me tell you. And then you know. I'm sorry, I'm not going to come in here and blow a shofar. One, he won't let me because I'm going to spit in it. But I've never tried. I, I would love to, but I don't have one. So not everybody's going to raise their hands. And that's okay. Hmm. Come on. Flags. We, we have a lady that, is she here? Today? She's here today. She brings the flags in. Man, I love the flag. I didn't understand the flag. Before I was pastor here, I was told we don't use flags. Okay. Somebody inputted a program in my head that was running in the background. So every time I saw a flag, my computer tried to process it and started loading me. I said, well, why are you doing flags? Well, then we had a lady come. This is how the Lord works. As soon as I took over, not took over, I did not take over anything. When I was seated in this position, a lady comes and says, hey, I want to do a national work, uh, flag worship at your church training center because this is a good central location. Sure. And then you come in and sit down and you hear about the power of a flag. And I'm like, what? That's not what I was told. Like I was just told we don't do it because it's weird and people won't feel comfortable if they come in and see a flag flying. Whatever. <laughs> Once again, if I'm worshiping, I'm not staring at your flag. I mean, I've been in some places where some flags are flying, and you got to be like a ninja when you're sitting there. You're like, boo! 
get out of the way. She's coming back around. But that's not how it is. Like, like this is flags, and they're powerful. Uh, and in the Bible doesn't actually specifically mention flags, but it talks about banners. Yeah. It talks about banners and what it symbolizes. So Moses built an altar there and named it uh, Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. And a banner carried at the head of an army or planted on a high hill served as a rallying point for troops before battle or as an announcement of a victory already won. Whew, man, if, I'll tell you what, man, if we're waving flags in here, that means I've got people coming that are like, man, it's time to hit the hilltop and the victory's already been won. There's a lot of stuff in that that, that we need to understand. Hmm. Ah. And once again, it works the same way. If I'm waving a flag so that you'll come up to me afterwards and go, that's a beautiful flag. I'm doing it for the wrong reason. See, same with anything else in worship. I'm not jumping around in worship so you come up to me and go, man, you got some awesome calf muscles. (laughs) That's not why I do that. I do got some pretty good calves though. (laughs) But here's the thing. The colors of flags are kind of important. And I'm sure there's multiple sources for this. Uh, But I'll give you some just so you get an idea. If there's a red flag flying, the blood of Jesus. Fuchsia is joy. Yellow is glory of God. Green is new life. Purple is royalty. God's reign and authority. Blue is Holy Spirit and prayer. Turquoise is healing. Orange is fire of God and deliverance. Gold is God's presence and power. White is purity and surrender. Man. But see, I didn't understand that before. So I used to operate a little kind of touchy when I saw flags. Now you know, they're not bad. Just don't get hit by one. Everything still hurts. Everything still hurts, you know. And worship's not about comfort. <laughs> we'll buy new seats one day with thicker cushions, but, you know, you can sit down and worship if your knees are tired, if your feet are sore. Like, if you feel obligated, like if you sit down, you're not worshiping the Lord, that's legalism. Get away from it. You can sit down. You can be comfortable. You can, look, I lay down, y'all. I've been sprawled out on Sundays. I'll sleep right there. If he puts me in a peaceful spot, I'll just lay out. You guys wake me up when this thing's over with. I'm just serious, though. Get comfortable when you worship. Get comfortable. Ah. But do you believe that something can be so present in a culture that without even you knowing it, it starts changing things? That's what this is. My goal is for us to create a culture of worship in us first. Has to start in you. You have to under, it's got to start in you and it's got to start in your family and it's got to start in your kids and it has to start, you know, in a small group of people and it's got to start in a church and then it can expand out of the walls and it's got to hit a city. But that culture can happen whether you are all in or not. You could simply be in here and the culture of that will start working on you. It just starts working in you and through you. It's really good. So I want to create a culture that does that. Because when we do it, it changes the atmosphere. Hmm. <sighs> All right. I think I'm just going to skip over everything else. But I do want to just wind it all the way back to the point that worship is love. So if you're going to worship him, you got to love him. You, 
You won't love him unless you know how much he loves you. And that's the biggest thing. He loves you. I mean, he sent his only son for you. Man, that guy's running around the playground with you all the time, waiting for you to fall. So he can pick you. He doesn't want you to fall. He wants you to figure out how to walk. But man, if you do fall, he's right there. He just loves you that much. And when you figure that out, it changes who you are. You don't have to listen to what anybody else has ever said about you. If anybody ever said that you weren't worthy and you weren't good enough, none of that matters anymore. Because when you understand how much he loves you, that fills you up. Your identity is inside of you as beloved. He loves you and that's all that matters. Because we're supposed to live in a time of worship and a culture of worship. So, man, you know, I can go to work and worship. Well, I truly can. I work here. But <laughs> you can go to work and worship. You truly can. You can worship in your car and you can worship at school and you can worship everywhere you go. You can worship in the, in the store because all you're doing is having this love for him that was created by a love that he has for you through an identity of who you are. And man, you just let that fill you up. And there's no excuses. There's no excuses. Love's a choice. He chose to love you and you have to choose to love him. All right? And that's all we want to do. Man. Want to praise him and worship him. And surrender to him. And that's the culture I want to create. And when we understand that, we understand how loved we are, man. We'll just change the world. And we won't have to work for it. We won't have to do a whole bunch. You don't have to work for it. I think that's the coolest part. He says, I can't love you any more than I love you right now. So no matter what you went through last night or this morning, he says, I love you. And whatever you do tomorrow, I'm not going to love you any less. Think about that. And that's not freedom to do whatever you want. That's freedom to worship him. That's freedom to love on him. That's freedom to just get so infused with love that, that it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a virus. Like it's in you and as you walk around it just spreads to people. That should be how we spread it. It shouldn't be a, through a booster shot you get on a Sunday when you come to church. It should be just a walking, living out of me into you and everywhere you go. Is what we want to do is worship him. Amen? Y'all get something out of today? <laughs> Good stuff. Awesome. That's worship. So Chuck, come on up. I do want to, uh, as I close out, uh, it is hard for the house. And I know we, we already gave, and I want to give you an opportunity to give. I believe this. I, uh, we have to give opportunities to give, and it's not twisting your arm. And if you're not from here and you don't understand how we do this, even with our normal offering, like, if you're not cheerful, I don't want it. Don't give it. Like, you keep it. But, but man... I'm going to give you an opportunity to give because I believe there's blessing in that. I believe there's honor in that. I believe there's opportunity in that. It's worship. You understand that? Giving's worship. Giving is worship. I give because you've given to me. So I honor him with that. Not out of some legalistic rule. I don't pull out my calculator every time I get something and try to figure out how much I'm supposed to give them. I just give whatever he wants us to give. 
kind of like he did this morning. You felt it this morning. When I said, hey, we want to give to Brother Rick and Vanessa, you felt the Holy Ghost inside of you say, this is how much I want to give. That's how it works. He'll say, I got to give. You want to say something, brother? Come on, I love it. I got to know Mike really well over the last several months. changed not only not for the better and uh, you know this fight really is not over come on and when the Bible says that Jesus said that the gates of hell would not prevail against his church gates don't move that's how you get in and how you get out and this is one of those cases where we're supposed to bang against those gates and go in and get what Vanessa needs. Mm. And I believe we're in a fasting and a prayer point where, you know, there's two times, Lord told me years ago, there's two times to pray for your healing when you're feeling bad, when you're feeling good. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> it's that way about everything. You know, the devil tries to imitate God a lot. And he can't do anything without us, giving him the way in. But That's God right. doesn't do anything. He can't. He set it up to work through us. And he reminded me of a vision. And he showed it to me. And maybe I was supposed to wear long sleeves today, but I didn't hear that. But I saw two arms sticking out of heaven long sleeves and he was rolling up sleeves he says I'm ready to fight if you are and we cannot give up on this fight yet well we can never give up on this fight but my mom had a disease too she was completely healed of breast cancer didn't have to have any surgery and completely healed. Then she got something else, but it was the same thing that killed her father. She just had no faith for that. And she just dwindled away. And my brother and sister and I had to go up there and make my dad put her in a nursing home. Because people get to the point, especially men, we want to take care of everything ourselves. But it's an honor to the marriage vows to get them the help they need. And to undergird our brother as he needs it. So I'm challenging us. I know we everybody has plans after church on Sundays, but I've changed my plans today. And we need to go to war for our brother and sister. I mean, just like we took an offering for them, that was great because they're going to need that. And uh, we, we just, I just, we just need to keep fighting. We just need to keep this fight up and not let the enemy win. Because once you give that testimony, the enemy really is stupid. The more we talk, the more he knows how, what he needs to attack us with. Mm -hmm. But we need to 
to talk because that's how we build our faith. Um, so you have so it's a two-edged sword, but that's fine because the two-edged sword is in our hand; it's in our mouth, not in his. Come on, thank you, brother. That's why we allow words to be given in a church. To never give up. Never give up. Man, good word. Yeah, so continue to pray. You know, Bible talks about fasting, talks about different things. I never want to force somebody to fast, but if God puts that on your heart for this situation, you need to fast. You need to fast. And that doesn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what to do with that. He could tell you to fast for eight hours. He could tell you to fast for a day. He could tell you to fast for a year. That's between you and him. That's the cool part about when you live in a culture of worship. He'll tell you all that stuff. And then you get to have the power and the, just the, the glory to do it. That's what glory is, is the power. You'll have that ability to do it because he put it on your heart. If you try to do something that he didn't put on your heart, it's hard. I've noticed that. And I'm not going to get into a whole sermon about fasting and all that stuff. But it's gone the wrong way for me. So you got to be, because I wanted to do it when I wanted to do it, not when he wanted to do it. And things shut down once in a while. They don't work anymore when you don't do it the right way. But when he gives you the power, all's going to be good. He'll walk you through it. So man, let's keep praying for them. And we want to receive this heart for the house offering because we've been praying about this and I'm going to keep it open. We'll talk about it next week. We can receive it again next week and we'll give people an opportunity to give to that. Um, I just ask that if you want to give to the heart of the, our heart for the house, that you designate that. You can, on an envelope, you can write heart, you know, heart for the house or give online. There's a spot for it, text to give. But like I said, I'm not twisting your arm. I'm, I'll never do that. But that will take second place right now to, to everything going on with Rick and Vanessa. So, Father, right now, we just surrender this to you. Mm. Come on, Father, move in a mighty way. We just, we just love our brother, and we love Miss Vanessa. And we have childlike faith, so we believe that this should be back in here worshiping, Father, completely healed. We can believe that. Lord, if your will be done. But I'm going to believe it. I'm gonna, I want to believe it. I'm just not going to sit back and... And not have faith and just say it was all you. I want to believe. So, Father, we believe right now. Comfort my brother. Wrap your arms around him. Love on him. Love Miss Vanessa right now. Be with the doctors and nurses and everybody that comes in contact with her. Give them wisdom and knowledge to move forward. Because, Father, I've seen you operate through doctors. I've seen you operate through nurses. I've seen your life come through physical therapists and everything. I love the fact that you have sons and daughters all over the place doing all kinds of things and you'll operate through them. You'll just move right through them. You put them in position to be in times like this. So I believe right now you can touch them and move in their lives.
So, Father, we just, we just say that right now. We just declare healing over her body. We just declare it right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on. He, in Jesus' mighty name. We just speak the name of Jesus over this situation. That's all we need. That's all we need is to speak his name. Come on. Father, we just love you. And we worship you. We worship you now the same way we worshiped you in service. And we'll worship you when we leave here the same way we worshiped you during service. And we continue to worship you, Lord. We're so thankful. We're so thankful for Rick and Vanessa. We're so thankful for you bringing them to this family right now. We're thankful for that. And Father, just let this be another testimony to who you are. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. Bless this offering, Lord. Bless, uh, bless those that give, Father. Father, we just know you can use things in mighty, mighty ways, and you make ways where we can't think of ways. So, Lord, we, we surrender to that. And, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, stand to your feet, y'all. No, oh, we're going to have... Uh, um, heart for the house. We got our ushers at the door. So if you want to give to Heart for the House as you walk out, they'll be over there. Um, as you leave, you can you can give online. Um, I just love y'all. I love the fact that I can come in here and be myself, and y'all are good with that. And if not, please don't get offended by me. But I look forward to seeing everybody again next week, and uh, man, or throughout the week, and. Uh, Man, you guys be blessed. We love y'all. Have a good one. Mm.